along the U.S.-Mexico border, at least 12,000 migrants have been waiting in makeshift camps under the Del Rio Bridge in Texas, desperately trying to enter the United States. Among them are young men, children, pregnant women, and babies fleeing environmental devastation, imposed poverty, and state violence in their home countries. Those hailing from Haiti and Africa in particular have faced racism as they've traveled across Latin and Central America, being regularly attacked by state and non-state actors. Conditions under the bridge are uninhabitable, dark, wet, dirty, cramped, and hot. Many of the migrants sleep in camp in tents or on the dirt surrounded by growing piles of garbage waiting in hopes of being processed by the U.S. Border Patrol. Ten babies have been delivered since Thursday by women transported from under the bridge, this according to CNN. Now, the Biden administration has plans to deport uh, thousands of Haitians um, who right now are camped out under that bridge. And thus far, he, the, his administration, they've rounded up at least 320 uh, Haitian migrants, and they are planning on doing uh, three plane loads per day, returning uh, people uh, to Haiti. And of course, uh, this, as you well know, Haiti, in the midst of a crisis following the recent earthquake there, the assassination of Jovenel Moïse, and the political instability that has plagued uh, that uh, nation for some time, as well as um, violence there. Now, video has also emerged of Border Patrol agents chasing down Haitian migrants on horseback, drawing comparisons to the era of slavery and Jim Crow segregation, not only chasing them on horseback, but actually whipping uh, some of them and coming very, very close to women and children. Border Patrol moved 3,300 migrants out from under the bridge on Sunday, this according to NBC News. Uh, let us go to a clip now on the crisis, on what is happening uh, and this is a clip from CBS. The Department of Homeland Security is ramping up its efforts to deport migrants from South Texas. More than 12,000 people are currently camped beneath the bridge near Del Rio, Texas. Most of them are from Haiti. Manuel Bajorquez reports. Tonight, a sea of humanity and desperation along the Texas-Mexico border that has overwhelmed the U.S. Border Patrol. A number of agents on horseback can be seen trying to keep migrants from crossing into the country, while threatening them with what appears to be horses' reins or ropes, including families like this one holding a baby when the agents get dangerously close. As they try to pass, the agents said this to them. Hey, you use your women? Is this why your country... A massive show of force by Texas troopers creating a barricade along the border to stop the thousands of mainly Haitian migrants from arriving in Del Rio, Texas. The Department of Homeland Security is executing what could be one of the largest mass deportations in decades to remove the remaining of the nearly 15,000 migrants at the camp. Today, Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas warned those coming illegally will be returned. That this is not the way to come to the United States. Trying to enter the United States illegally is not worth the tragedy, the money, 
or the effort. Some who qualify for asylum have been allowed in, like Ralder Vissant, who fled Haiti's crime and poverty three years ago and trekked here from Chile. He says he left because there's no security in Haiti and is looking for a better life. But as the administration tries to crack down on illegal crossings, Mexican officials tell CBS News migrants are looking for other routes to enter the country as an alternative to being deported back to Haiti. Alex Rossier is a 36-year-old Haitian migrant. I don't want to be deported. If I'm deported now, I'll die in Haiti. Why? Because there's no security in Haiti. 600 additional federal agents have been sent to this section of the border as the U.S. increases the number of deportation flights to Haiti. There is some concern that migrants may attempt more dangerous crossings. One recently drowned along a wider section of the Rio Grande. Elaine? Manuel Bajorquez, thank you. For more, I want to bring in CBS News immigration reporter Camilo Montoya-Galvez. Camilo, welcome. So how did these migrants end up at this makeshift camp in South Texas? Good evening, Elaine. For context, the number of Haitian migrants encountered at the U.S.-Mexico border continued to make up a relatively small population of the overall encounters of migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. Most migrants being apprehended by border patrol officials continue to hail predominantly from Central America. The number of increasing for the past few months. In August, uh, U.S. border officials stopped Haitian migrants more than 7,000 times. That was a 37% increase from July. And authorities in Panama have also recorded a significant increase in the number of Haitian migrants crossing the Darien Gap. This is the roadless jungle that connects Panama and Colombia. Many Haitian migrants take an, uh, undertake rather a treacherous journey through this remote region to reach Central America. And this is uh, because many of them have lived in South American countries like Brazil for years, now have decided to trek north uh, in search uh, of jobs, of safety, and of reuniting with family here in communities like Miami and New York with large populations of Haitians. Uh, we know that some of these families uh, include uh, South American-born children of Haitian uh, uh, parents, which complicates uh, the logistical and legal uh, challenges that the Department of Homeland Security is currently facing uh, trying to process uh, this very large number of people. All righty, there you go. And what I'd like to do now is to welcome Nana Jumphy, attorney, consultant, educator, activist, executive director of Black Alliance for Just Immigration, known as Baji, and president of the National Conference of Black Lawyers. Nana Jumphy, welcome back. Thank you so very Thank much. Thank you so very you know, glad to be here, which it wasn't under these circumstances. Right. And, and Nana, thank you also for pitching in on sometimes guest hosting for us here on Sojourner Truth. But uh, Nana, just in terms of the situation on the border, uh, your thoughts, uh, because it, it seems as though Haitians are being singled out. Uh, for special treatment. We know that there are all kinds of problems at the border, humanitarian crisis across the board. But what we have seen happening with Haitians, even news, mainstream news reporters are saying this is unprecedented. You see uh, Border Patrol agents on horseback uh, chasing after uh, Haitians, uh, whipping them, and one could be heard referring uh, to Haiti as a uh, 
asshole country. Uh, Nana Jumpy. Absolutely. You know, there's parts of this that are unprecedented. There's parts of this that are not unprecedented. Certainly what we're seeing in the concentration of the targeting is unprecedented. It's in a level, I mean, they're talking about having three to eight flights per day that are able to, you know, that they want to use to be able to deport the Haitian and other black asylum seekers that are right in this particular area of Del Rio. They didn't have that kind of sauce for the withdrawal from Afghanistan, okay? It wasn't that directed and orderly as they seem to be able to direct and order the forcible removal of Haitian asylum seekers, black asylum seekers from the border in this particular place. Uh, the images that we see are horrific, um, but, you know, it, we also have to remember that we're talking about people who have already been through horrific conditions. This is what makes it even more terrible. It's terrible on its face. But we're talking about people that have escaped situations, have left situations of devastation, have made this treacherous thousands of miles journey, crossing through borders in which they're being detained in every prison on the way, in every country, you know, every detention prison in every country on their way between Central America or a country in South America as they approach um, the border of northern, the northern border of Mexico. They have been, you know, attacked by police. They've been attacked by civilians. The anti-blackness that they've received has been extreme only, you know, running to the United States, thinking that that's going to be a place of refuge, only to be shown so directly how actually anti-black, how racist this government actually is. And my heart bleeds, not just for the physical suffering, but just the mental anguish and emotional anguish that our people are going through at the border, having gone through all that, their hopes, their dreams, all that they thought could happen, what they endured to do that, only to now have themselves, you know, handcuffed, put on planes, and forcibly deported without any kind of process, without anyone even hearing what their circumstances is, right back into Haiti and other black countries. Right. And uh, Nana Jumphy, I mean, the Biden administration has said it will prioritize all single adult Haitians and some Haitian uh, families for uh, deportation. I mean, they're claiming that uh, families and, and women with children uh, won't be part of this. But nevertheless, I mean, first of all, it remains to be seen if that is the case, you have um, the, you know, the administration claiming that they are so upset that they are uh, going to do an investigation into Haitians being chased by Border Patrol agents. Uh, so, of course, you know, look into it. But the re reality is it is his administration's policy that's causing this in the first place. And not only that, um, we all know the situation on the ground in Haiti, the recent earthquake uh, that happened in the southern uh, part of the country, um, the political instability with um, government after government of U.S. prop. Uh, propped up people uh, that uh, the Haitian grassroots have been protesting against, actually. So the U.S. being 
part of the problem in relation to Haiti, not now, but also for decades. And in the midst of all of this, they're sending people back. The, the level of violence is such that people are feeling very, very insecure, uh, food insecurity, etc. So your thoughts on all of this, because there's been a history in a way that led up to this moment. And part of the reason that myself and other people are so outraged at what is happening right now. Nana Jumpy. Well, it goes to the question, what do Haitians have to do to be seen at, you know, to be asylum seekers? What do they have to do to be seen as people that need relief? Uh, you know, it, you think about the studies that have said that people think that black people don't feel as much pain, right, when we go to the doctor. It's not just at the doctor. It is society that doesn't recognize the pain of black people. It is, and when you talk about the Haitians, there is a particular unforgivable blackness that has been assigned to Haitians that makes it such that it's very, you know, it, it's been traditionally um, a, a target of U.S. immigration policy. So the first times that you had people just being turned back around was the Haitians when they were coming by sea. And when you talk about Guantanamo Bay, the first people to be held there were the Haitians. Um, so this is, you know, back in, as part of immigration policy. So whether you're talking about the immigration policy here or what you've laid out about the ways in which the United States has impacted, influenced, um, pushed itself into an imperialistic ways, um, uh, Haiti's policy, Haiti's operations, we understand that this is a loop. A, a, a loop of terror, right, that is happening in Haiti, and then you come to try to get to the United States, you get terrorized some more, and you get dumped back into Haiti, and then you have more terror there. All of this being fed by the United States domestic and foreign policy. And so, you know, when they talk about investigating CBP, it's like Bonnie investigating Clyde. You, this is your people. What are you talking about you're going to investigate? They're doing, as you pointed out, what you have asked them to do. And so we need to make a demand that the deportations and expulsions stop. We're demanding that there be humanitarian parole for Haitian and all black asylum seekers at the border. We're not asking just for Haiti, even though, of course, Haiti is important. But we don't want them to wave bye-bye to the Cameroonians and Ethiopians and others that are on the other side of the border. No, we want all black asylum seekers to be led into this country to file their claims. And then, of course, if they want to do an investigation of the cops, we're fine with that. But we need relief right now. Right. And, and Nana Jumphy, I mean, it was, you know, announced uh, just today, I think, that the Biden administration is going to increase the cap of the number of refugees allowed in the United States um, to 125,000 in 2022. What help our listeners to understand the difference um, in definition, at least as the U.S. sees it, between a migrant and a refugee? Nana Jumpy. So firstly, just in terms of that number, the number was, was raised this year and 6,500 people who are you know, defined as refugees have actually been left into this country, 6,500. So we don't care about lifting the cap. They can lift the cap to a million. If they don't let people in, then it doesn't matter. So you know, we've got to be clear not to be fooled about that in terms of this numbers game they play. So when we're talking about refugees and asylum seekers, these are people who are fleeing 
violence. It could be based upon their race or their ethnicity. It could be based upon their political position because they're LGBTQ, um, you know, their gender identity. It could be based upon violence that, you know, particular types of violence that are coming out of their country that either is being done by the government or that the government cannot control. It could be as a result of things like the earthquake, for example, hurricanes, etc. So that is different than people who are, say, you know, they're purposely coming here to go to work. So they're getting a work visa um, or they're coming here to go to school or they're coming here to visit. That's a different scenario. Or, or they got the diversity visa and they're coming here, you know, getting their green card and coming here to live. That's a situation that is, that is not based upon humanitarian relief. But when you look at refugees and asylum seekers, this is a humanitarian basis. It is U.S. law that if you make it to the border of the United States, that you can claim asylum in the U.S. And it's international law that you can, if you get to a country, you can claim asylum in any country of your choice. And so, you know, what the, the administration is doing right now is flouting U.S. law, flouting international law, flouting, you know, the basic human rights of asylum that black asylum seekers, including Haitian asylum seekers, are entitled to. When they say that people are coming to the border illegally, they are not. It is legal to come to the border without paperwork and say, you know, without a visa and say, hey, I'm claiming asylum. That is actually the legal process. So again, it's this combination of anti-blackness, racism, and cowardice that we right. cannot bear and that we've got to push back against. Yeah, and, and Nana, make your case uh, to our listeners. You early talked about um, black migrants should be allowed into uh, the U.S. And we know indigenous people uh, who are now considered south of the border, I mean, there's this saying, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. Are you then saying that it should only, because I don't think that was your point, only be black uh, migrants who should be allowed in to uh, claim and get asylum into the United States? Nana Jumpy. No, we want everyone to get asylum. We feel that people should be, that migrating is a human right, that everyone that, you know, should be able to access and should be freely able to access, that when you deny people the right to migrate, you are actually denying their humanity. And so certainly we're not saying, oh, just let, you know, if you let the black people in and don't let other people in. But I will tell you this, Margaret. Baji did a first-ever CBC trip to Tijuana in November 2019 with Representatives Karen Bass, Yvette Clark, and Barbara Lee, and then Representative Juan Vargas from the uh, Congressional Hispanic Congress joined them. We went and they spoke with 50 black asylum seekers at the border. When they came back, they said that because of the, the virulent anti-blackness being experienced by black asylum seekers, because of the transphobic and homophobic violence experienced by LGBTQ asylum seekers, because of the language access issue that black asylum seekers have to deal with, that those two groups of people, that black asylum seekers, LGBTQ asylum seekers, should be granted immediate humanitarian parole. They said that. That was back right. in 2019 in November, before the pandemic and all of the additional uh, hardship that has been caused by that. And so it's not to say that no one should be in, let in, but right now, who people are getting humanitarian parole and who's not getting humanitarian parole is black asylum seekers. So it needs to be clear 
that while everyone is suffering at the border, that there's particular ways that black people are suffering at the border without recourse, don't even have embassies in these countries, right, that requires that we pay special attention and that, yes, there is a special protection that's provided to them. Yeah, and Nana Jumphy, I mean, you know, you make a, a good and strong case there in terms of what you found in 2019. But uh, my personal experience in Central and Latin America is that anti-Black racism is very, very thick. I mean, in a place like Guatemala, uh, uh, an insult is to call somebody Indio because the darker-skinned Indigenous people also very discriminated there, or uh, Negro for, uh, for for Black people. And, and some parts of Latin America, you feel maybe you're back in Mississippi in the 1930s or, or some such. And that is a conversation that we need to have in this country uh, between uh, black and brown communities, because there is a, a, a reality that needs to fa be faced and some work that needs to be done. Uh, but having said that, um, title this Title 42 expulsion is being used uh, by the U.S. government um, uh, for people who have recently been in a country where, um, like, let's say COVID or another disease, communicable disease was present. But it just seems to me as though... Uh, this is just an excuse to crack down generally on, on Haitians in particular, but on migrants generally coming from south of the border. Absolutely. Nana Jumphy. Absolutely. Title 42 was roundly and soundly uh, criticized as completely racist when it was instituted by Donald Trump. And suddenly, now that it's been reinstituted, by the Biden administration, it's not racist anymore. Now it makes good sense. It's ridiculous. And particularly, Margaret, when you look at who is coming into this country, it is those black and brown and Asian folks that this country doesn't want to be bothered with. And so it's Central Americans, yes, but it's the indigenous folks who are coming. That's who they don't want to see, right? It's not like the white people from Peru or something that they would be okay with. These are the folks that, that again, have been driven off the land because of policies of the United States and the West, and now find themselves having to flee for their lives. They, you know, so this is a population they don't want to have in. Southeast Asians, another population that the United States does not want to be bothered with. And those are folks that they're also keeping out. And so when we look at, you know, a comparison, we understand the United States knows how to be compassionate and open its doors and, you know, to people that have helped them, but also people that haven't. For example, those folks from Afghanistan that didn't help the United States. The United States and the USDNs are still trying to figure out how do we help those folks. But again, what does it take for Haitians and other black asylum seekers, indigenous asylum seekers, Southeast Asian asylum seekers, what does it take for us to be seen as human beings having a need for humanitarian relief? Right. And, you know, I'm an immigrant, right? And I often have to say that to folks because they look at you, I'm of African descent, and they're assuming, well, you're not, right? Because there's this stereotype of what an immigrant, you know, is supposed to, is supposed to look like. I mean, in right. places like New York, black immigrants make up almost 30% of the total black uh, population in the state. 
so that's just the reality of it. But Nana Jumpy, we're going to continue to follow this story. We know that you're up to your eyeballs um, pushing back against this, that there is a press conference being planned in Los Angeles today at noon. I think perhaps you could tell our listeners a bit about that. But also for people who want to do something about this, who want to support the uh, the efforts of Baji, the Black Alliance for Just Immigration, what the, what should they do? Nana Jumpy. So if you want to support these efforts, you know, we have a toolkit that we put together that is going to share with you the background, the summary, what the call to action is with respect to stopping all these deportations, granting humanitarian parole, etc. You can go to baji.org, B-A-J-I.org, and find that toolkit there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Baji Tweet and on Instagram at InstaBaji, and that's spelled B-A-J-I, so that you can keep up with what we're doing, because we're updating all the time and giving people the opportunity to see how they can help. Um, you know, it's really important that people join in that way. Um, and in terms of the populations, yes, we have, to, we have to understand that black immigrants are black people. 20% of the black people in Los Angeles are black immigrants. It's, you know, we're a population that has always been a part of the liberation movement of this country. We continue to be a part of the black liberation movement of this country and um, the liberation for all people on the planet. Right. Well, on that note, Nana Jumpy, we'll definitely uh, have you uh, back here as we continue to follow just this horrific uh, situation. And and Nana, I can't help but say for people who who say, well, it's you know, people who come to the United States for economic reasons have no right to do so. Well, excuse me, because a lot of the the work and uh, minerals and and whatnot that happens in the global South um, really help to maintain the lifestyle in the global north. So we've paid the price. We've earned the right to be here, to be in Europe, or to be anywhere we darn well please. So just want to, <laughs> you know, give a, give a mini rant on that, Nana. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you for your work, and thank you so much uh, for joining us. And, and I think there is a, a press conference today at noon uh, in Los Angeles. So for our yeah. Los Angeles uh, listeners, we'd, we'd uh, post some information on our social media on that. Thank you, Nana. Perfect. Thank you so very much. Thank you for all the work you do. Appreciate you, Margaret. Okay, and you.